the name above all other names. The Gospels give to us the fulfillment of God's plan. And in Matthew chapter 1, as a 21, as I read this morning, Jesus enters Jerusalem. But he enters Jerusalem not as a Lord to be seated, but as a lamb to be slain. John said in John's Gospel, chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And in Revelation, John the Revelator says, Behold the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. This morning, we want to grow in the Lamb. And we want to understand that it is indeed the Lamb that God planned to use as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. I'm going to try to get over here and not knock anything over because I want this right up there. Have you thought about lamb? From the beginning, it was about the lamb, wasn't it? In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned. And they hid from God, and God said, Adam and Eve, why are you, why are you hiding from me? He said, we're naked. God clothed them. I like to believe it was in skins of a lamb. Because that set the pattern that man needed a sacrifice. A sacrifice because he was a sinner. We move to Genesis chapter 4. And there we find Cain and Abel. And there we discover that it was Abel's sacrifice that was accepted by God. Because he offered of the firstlings of his flock. I believe a lamb. Cain's offered of the fruit of his hands. But it was indeed a a lamb that was slain. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham is told to take his son Isaac. Take him and, and offer his only son. Whom the scripture says Abraham loved as a sacrifice to God. And, and when they get up there, they built the altar. And Isaac says, Lord, Father, here, here's the altar, here's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's response was, God will provide a sacrifice. Isaac was bound. I can just imagine what was going through his mind at that point. A young teenage boy probably laid on the altar, and as Abraham raised the knife to plunge it into his son, he heard a rustling over here. And what was it? A lamb. It was a ram. And he loosed his son. And slew the lamb. God's people are in bondage. They're in Egypt. Moses is told to go down and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And there are plagues that take place to convince Pharaoh of God's sovereignty. And the last plague was designed to kill the the firstborn. And the only way to stop the death angel was to slay a lamb. And place it on the Top post and side post of the house. Have you ever thought about that symbolism? Top post, side posts. 
where the lamb was slain. Leviticus chapter 16 tells us about a scapegoat. Two were taken. One was offered as a sacrifice. One had the sins of the people laid upon him and and was sent out into the wilderness. We discover in Isaiah chapter 53, the suffering sovereign who was the lamb who would take away our sin. We move past that and we go to John's gospel. John said, behold the lamb, Revelation 13, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, all all a lamb. This morning we want to very quickly look at the lamb. And I want to give you four observations out of Isaiah chapter 53 that I trust will help you focus on the lamb that was to come. And then I want to go to John chapter 1 and I want to look at the lamb who came as John identified him. And then we're going to see a a video that you've seen before. Watch the lamb. A powerful video that reminds us of the focus of that Lamb who came to take away the sin of the world. Now, if you're in Isaiah chapter 53, you need to go back a couple of verses into Isaiah chapter 52. Historians tell us that Isaiah 53, in many cases in the Hebrew Scripture, started with verse 13 of 52. Because in verse 13 of 52, 13 and 14, 15, we discover that This lamb that was to come would be the one who was lifted up and exalted. You follow along in your copy of the scriptures, please. Isaiah 52, beginning with verse 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up. He shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance. And his form beyond that of children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they see. And that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. And afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, 
who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has, been, he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. The lamb. The lamb as Isaiah looked forward to God's plan. A lamb to be slain, a lamb that was slain before the foundation. That lamb was the one who was lifted up and exalted. And Isaiah chapter 52 tells us that he was the one whom God had chosen. Philippians chapter 2 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, made the likeness of men. That's what happened. Wherefore, because of those things, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? The Lamb was one who was exalted and he took on bodily flesh and lived among us. He was the one that God sent so that you and I might have a relationship with God because you and I could not pay the penalty for our sins. It was only through a sacrifice. Sacrifice of a Lamb. But not only was he lifted up and exalted, he was also acquainted with grief. Verse 3 says, he was despised and rejected by man, man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom we hid, from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. The word grief there is an interesting word. It could be translated disease. And it was used to describe lepers. Now, if you know anything about Old Testament times, there were leper colonies, and there still are today. And lepers were not allowed to mingle with the public. But when they went to town, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people around them would avoid them. That's the word that's used here for, for grief. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was acquainted with grief, with outcasts. He was despised. He was rejected of men. There was nothing in his person that attracted mankind to him. Surely he drew the crowds. And they came, he said, because of the miracles which he did. And it was almost something that was unexplainable, almost a sideshow, if you will, that brought them to Jesus. 
But when he went to give his life, the crowds left him. Even his disciples left him. One of his disciples denied him three times. He was acquainted with grief. Despised. Rejected by men. He has also made an offering for the guilty. Jump down to verse 10, please. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilty. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It pleased the Lord to crush him. I don't understand that. There are seven cries from the cross. If you study the life of Christ and how he hung there as the sacrifice to take away the sin of the world, there are seven utterances that he makes. And the wailing that comes from his mouth that says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was close to the Father. Throughout his ministry, he said it was the Father working through him. In his great high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he says, The Father, you've given me everything, and I give them back to you. He told Philip, Philip, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And yet, as he hung on that cross and made an offering for the guilty, it was the will of the Father. Why? Because that was God's plan from the beginning, right? Genesis chapter 3, the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. That was God's plan. And he bore our sin. He bore our sin. Verses 5 and 6. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The antithesis is, in ourselves we are scattered. In Christ we are collected together. By nature we wander, driven headlong to destruction, and in Christ we find the way to the gate of life. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might receive the righteousness of God in Him. Now you may be here this morning and be a pretty good person. You all look good. In fact, most of you are good looking. You know there is a difference between looking good and good looking, don't you? But it's not the external that matters because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God 
and your sin and my sin is just as detestable to God as the worst sinners because it smacks against the holy character of a sovereign God. And the reality is the wages of sin is death. You and I, because of all our investment in sin, receive wages. We get to die. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? And he bore our sins and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He took your sin, he took my sin. Andre Crouch, a contemporary gospel songwriter, recently passed away, wrote, How can I give thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave your life, came for me. Yeah, he bore our sin. And in the midst of all of that, Isaiah looks toward the cross and the wonder of the Lamb of God. Turn very quickly to John's Gospel, will you please? John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the Word was God, verse 1. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The life shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Jump down to verse 29. And the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John identified the Lamb. And he identified the Lamb as one with life and light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 8, I am come that you might have light and that you might have it, so that you will not walk in darkness. And not only is this life and light found in Jesus Christ, it is found exclusively in Him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. In the Lamb we discover life 
and light. First John chapter 1, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah, the lamb was light in life. He was affected by our weaknesses. Verse 11 says, he came into his own and his own received him not. You know, as you study the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you discover a lot of emotions. When I was a kid, I enjoyed memorizing scripture. And my favorite verse to memorize was John eleven thirty five. 35. Anybody know what John eleven thirty five 35 is? It's the shortest book in the, verse in the Bible. There you go. You got it. But you know, as I think about that, I think about the emotion that came to him as he visited the cemetery of a dear friend. He was hungry. On the cross, he said, I thirst. He was saddened. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes. He cared for his family. Woman, behold, thy son was one of the cries from the cross. Aren't you thankful that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses? Whatever you're going through, Jesus understands. There are some things I don't understand because I've never experienced them. How about you? I cannot say I know how you feel. I've never been there. But Jesus can. And he was affected by our weaknesses. He manifested grace and truth. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten, verse 14, full of grace and full of truth. You know, if it had been in the Old Testament, it said fertile mercy and truth. That was Old Testament stuff. God not giving to us what we do deserve. That's mercy. Now we move into New Testament stuff. Full of grace, God giving to us what we do not deserve. But all based on truth. Based on God's Son. Jesus Christ by the incarnation of grace and truth the teachings of a thousand years was at one moment transcended that was the lamb behold the lamb I want you to look at the lamb today the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I want to take a few minutes now and watch this video. Watch the Lamb. Ray Bolt's video, it's just powerful. And every year I, I want to watch this thing. And we may have seen it every year, I don't know. But it's that gripping in my life. And I want to focus on the Lamb. Brenda? Perhaps some of those images were disturbing to you. But the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And parents, when you get home this afternoon, talk to your kids about Moses and Father Abraham and Isaiah the prophet. 
and John who said, Behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Father, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus as the Lamb who came full of grace, full of truth. The Lamb who validated His ministry through miracles and whose message was that you loved the world, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then went to a cross, undeserved, and yet it wasn't about His will, but it was Father's will be done. Because the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Father, we love you. And may that love be evidenced in our lives. And as we work our way through this week, even Good Friday that celebrates the events that we have just seen, and then on to resurrection morning, May we never lose sight of the Lamb. And it's in His name we pray. Amen.